Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 383, covering What's Past is Prologue. Hi friends, it's it's us again. We're, we're back. We're back again. I don't know why I say that every single time. We're you back and we're back and we're back. Uh-huh. We're always mm-hmm. back. No one can take that away from us. I mean, someone might be able to. Mm-hmm. Also, now I'm trying to think of the amount of times we've opened with me saying that someone can't take something away from us, and I bet it's a lot. Probably. If someone did a supercut of the terrible things we say over and over again, I would not want to listen to it because I would die of shame. Oh, man. I sure don't want to listen to the supercut of the 300 and how many, ever many times I've said see you, folks. That would be really embarrassing for me. Yeah, but that's on purpose. <laughs> like, that's because it's on the shirt. Boy, I say that a lot. Ooh. Yeah, and I, I say hi, friends, like, most times. Except when I'm not talking to my friends, but then I pretend you're my friends, so you never really know. I don't Fake know what, it till you make it. I don't know what's happening anymore. That's okay. You don't need to know what's happening. What you need to know is that what's past is prologue. Mm-hmm. What's past is certainly prologue. That is that is a statement that is being made by this show. Uh-huh. Uh, why cool. don't I tell you what, you what, what tell happens? You want to tell us about that, that thing? I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that very thing, Matt. Good. Okay, so... Garrick, a Cardassian tailor, invites himself to have lunch with Dr. Bashir, kicking off a friendship that... What? This isn't past prologue, the third episode of Deep Space Nine, but rather what's past his prologue, the 68th part of Discovery's seemingly never-ending Mirror Universe saga? Oh. <sighs> Fine. So, you'll recall from last week's thrilling question marks... Conclusion that everyone's second favorite fortune cookie manufacturing starship captain is actually an evil bad man from the Boogity Boogity universe. Incidentally, everyone's favorite fortune cookie manufacturing starship captain is Jonathan Archer, because there's no accomplishment in the multiverse that that squinty jackass can't ruin. <laughs> evil Lorca, or Lorca, I guess, is leading a ragtag band of filthy reactionaries against the Emperor. Among these is Landry, whose Prime Universe counterpart, you'll recall, was ripped apart by a creature that she herself dubbed Ripper. Which I guess is ironic? This Landry superpower seems to be emerging from an extended stay in the Agony Booth like she's just had a refreshing nap. She and Lorca's other commandos proceed to tussle with Giorgio's Imperial Guards, and then were treated? Question marks? To endless fight scene after endless fight scene near what are effectively some flaming trash cans. Which, at this point, is quintessential Star Trek, so I don't know what I'm complaining about. Meanwhile, on Discovery, Stamets and Tilly work out what evil Stamets' version of the mycelial network threatens the entire multiverse, so it's time to blow up a Death Star. Also, evil Stamets and good Stamets did not switch places when they both woke up from their mushroom comas, and anyone who led you to believe that ridiculous notion is an idiot who doesn't deserve love or happiness. (coughs) Saru gives a stirring speech and inspires everyone to do that Death Star run thing I just alluded to, even if it kills them. But Stamets has seen Star Trek II and doesn't believe in no-win scenarios, which he proceeds to tell us about 6,000 times. I assume there must be some as-yet-unreferenced piece of that movie somewhere in popular culture, but I sure as hell don't know what it is. Like, it's a great movie. We're all agreed on that. But you guys realize Star Trek did other things, right? I've watched and exhaustively analyzed 99.7% of this franchise at this point, so I kind of know what I'm talking about here. Anyway, back on the Mushroom Death Star, more interminable fighting happens, punctuated with endless speeches about the nature of evil. 
Seriously, when these assholes aren't pulling swords from their dumb Matrix coats, they're delivering some variation on the we're not so different you and I speech, and God, I am so ready to be out of this stupid universe. Thankfully, so is Discovery. They blow up the Death Star, ride the magic mushroom explosion wave to safety, and prepare to jump home. Oh, and they even manage to beam Michael back. And Michael, in keeping with every terrible decision she's ever made, brings Emperor Georgiou back with her because Emperor Georgiou said one thing to her that seemed vaguely kind, and Michael doesn't know how to deal with this. So that all checks out. Then our heroes leap home, the one thing that asshole Bakula didn't actually do first, suck it Quantum Leap fans, <clears throat> only to discover that they also leaped forward nine months in time, at which time the Federation has lost the Klingon War. Which is kind of a bummer, because now we're definitely going to have to see and talk to a bunch of goddamn Klingons to get ourselves out of this situation. Yeah, I remember really liking this one the first time around, and this time around, not so much. There's definitely more to like in this than there were in the other mirror There ones, is, but, like, I am worn out on this whole thing. We have yeah. way too much of this plot to do. No, I, I think we've both made it abundantly clear that this is not our favorite thing. Uh, yeah, the, thi the thing is, like, the Mirror Universe is realized really nice. Like, I like the whole aesthetic to the whole thing. The armor's cool. Yeah. The sets are cool. It all looks good, but I j four episodes is way, way, way too much for, like, what should be what should have just been a two-parter. I still maintain it could have all happened in an hour. Especially considering one of these episodes was like 37 minutes long or whatever. Uh -huh. Like, you could have crammed all this story into a full hour. Like, a, a full hour. It's it's streaming. You can make it as long as you want. Yeah, basically. And so why not, like, just do all your ideas in one mm -hmm. and get on with it? I and get... I, underst I understand they were trying to stagger out the reveals. Like, yeah. you had the Ash Tyler reveal. You had the, the Lorca reveal. You had the Georgiou reveal. Like, basically, these were written to the cliffhangers at the end of each episode. Yeah, they really were. But, like... <sighs> I and I get I get all that, but just God damn. Yeah. No, it's 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 exhausting. Mm -hmm. And there's also there's only fifteen episodes in this season and, and then it goes away for a year. So yeah. like this is all we get. Are you gonna waste all your like a third of your time on that? Yeah. Like we're you know, we've got this whole new Star Trek world to explore. Do you really want to spend so much of your time exploring another universe you're hopefully never gonna use again? Hopefully. Also not just another universe, but the same alternate universe mm. we've been to many times in many yeah. series and yeah i mean we've said that we're we're very you know we've made it very clear how we feel about mm -hmm. this but that said there there were some things to like about this. oh yeah what was your good thing um saru has an amazing speech at the end of this episode and uh -huh. it's re we really get to see him step the fuck up sort of come out of the shadow of Giorgio and lorca like yeah and, and just, michael and and michael and become the captain discovery needs and yeah. watching that, we've talked about this before, watching his arc has been just great. Like, yeah. watching him evolve from the, the the timid, oh, I don't know if we should do that, Captain. From oh, I've the, got a fear boner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Has been so rewarding. And, like, yeah. I don't know if Saru himself be believes what he's saying at the end, but goddamn, does he pull everyone together and get them home. Like, yeah, maybe maybe he knows those are the right things to say. Maybe yeah. that research he did into what good captains do actually paid off. Like, I, I really hope going forward into season two, we get to see more of Captain Saru. He's so good. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I think it is one of, like, the show is a mess, I think. There's mm -hmm. so many good things and so many bad, like, sure. there's just a lot. There's a lot going on, and I feel like they still don't know what they are. There's just too many... Like, they're pulling in too many different directions, and they need to 
kind of settle on a tone. Mm-hmm. But one of the things they do very well is we only do get 15 episodes. And I feel like Saru and Michael, who are probably the two main characters, mm-hmm. like Michael, definitely the main. Sure. And then after that, probably Saru and Tilly and Stamets, I would yeah. say. And but those two have such clear, fully realized characters, like obvious arcs. Mm-hmm. Like I already know these guys way better than I knew. I don't know. Counselor Troy in like seven years of next gen. Absolutely. Like these characters are so fully formed and even, you know, Tilly and to a lesser extent Stamets. Stamets has some issues, which we'll talk about. Sure. But definitely Tilly. Like, I feel like I know these guys. And in one season of TV, that's that's kind of difficult. Yeah. That's the, I mean, the, like, that's the thing ahead. I like about this show is that you know, no matter what, like, whatever flaws you have, you have with the show, and there's definitely are some, the, cr- yeah. the crew is there. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Mostly my, cons- like, there are no characters I dislike. My, my main complaints are either they're acting a little inconsistently or we don't know anything about them. Uh, what about Lieutenant Ash Tyler? Uh, he's not on the crew anymore. Right now. Yeah. No, I don't think he's ever going to be again. Oh, that'd like, be nice. He's been outed as a Klingon. He is a Klingon. That's over. He's not in Starfleet anymore. That would be nice. We'll see. I mean, that's my hope anyway. I guess you're right. They could bring him back in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And I hope, like, maybe as an advisor or something, but not as just a serving lieutenant. I would hope not. Like, But who knows? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody does. That's, yeah. that's the weird thing is we have, like, for the first time after two more episodes, we're not going to know. Yeah. We're not going to say, well, we've seen ahead. We know this gets better. Mm. It's all a mystery to me. Uh, Memory Alpha did point out uh, Ash Tyler does not appear in this episode, like so much Sarah Lofton. (laughs) In the great tradition of Sarah Lofton. Yes. Who is the the reigning champion of not appearing in the episodes of uh, a show that you're in the main credits of. The only person who has appeared in less episodes of Star Trek is me. (laughs) Yeah, but you're not in the main credits, at least. You don't know that. I'm pretty sure I do. I watched the main credits for all the series. Again, having watched 99.7% of all Star Trek, I'm yeah. pretty sure I would I have did noticed the, math on the name that. Matt Robotham. Yeah, I definitely would have. Uh, my good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've complained a lot about previous Trek series not understanding the concept of stakes. Like, that's a that's a very important thing to me. Like, do I care what's happening? Do yeah. I care about the outcome of these events? Or is it all just going to be a big reset button? Or does it just not matter? Is it people I don't care about? Yeah. And this one has some good stakes. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the mushroom crap that uh, uh, Evil Stamets is doing is going to ruin the multiverse, all realities. Yeah. Like, because the, the, and they've established this. This is how we got to this universe in the first place. The mycelial network extends across all realities, mm-hmm. across the multiverse. It's not just our world, but it's all worlds. Mm-hmm. And- if this guy's what he's doing fucks it up, then it fucks it up everywhere. And yeah. so we're not just saving the world. We're not just saving the Alpha Quadrant. We're saving all of reality. Literally and everything. That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Like, I bought that as as actual stakes that mattered. And I care. Because, really, you get to this point in the story. is like, why are they going to blow up the, the main ship? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, these guys are evil, but they're evil in their own universe. And Prime Directive says we sh- we're not supposed to get involved in this shit. Let's just get Michael and go home. Yep. But this gives them a reason to need to blow up. Like it gives them, you know, a purpose. Yeah. So they're not just there as Michael's ride home from soccer practice. They're there to do something. Yeah, and also it means the episode isn't just about watching yeah. uh, Georgiou's evil people battle Lorca's evil people. Yeah, two factions fighting each other in a place we'll never come back to, probably. So who cares? Yeah. 
which is one of my least favorite things in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good stakes. However, you pointed out that there, there's kind of a flaw in this. Oh in yeah, fucking of... like okay. So in an infinite universe, um, how do we know that there's not another evil Stamets out there ruining another, trying to ruin the mycelial network? There's literally billions upon billions upon trillions of Stametses out there discovering the mycelial network and then dr- setting it on fire. My my only uh, retort to that is: for every one of those, there's a good Stamets in a parallel universe who comes over and stops him. I like the very Star Trek idea of, of for every evil person out there, maybe there's two good Stamitzes. Yeah, probably. Teaming up with each other to be snippy and save the world. Uh-huh. And hey, since they're single now, mm-hmm. make it out. <laughs> sure. Also, this is, this is, I alluded to this a minute ago, him being a little, I don't know, out of character is the right word, but okay, this is the first time since Hugh's death uh-huh. that Stamets has not been in a weird, trippy coma. Like, he is the first time he's been in his right mind, mm-hmm. ready to go. And he talks a little about Hugh, and he, he sees him briefly again in little glimpses of the mushroom world. But overall, he's he's happier than we've ever seen him. Yeah. Like, he's easier to deal with. He's, he's excited. You know, it, that's that whole dumb thing I talked about with the no-win scenario thing, mm-hmm. where I'm real sick of hearing Star Trek II references. But... He did do that. He's like, no, I refuse to acknowledge that we have to die to make this work. We yeah. can we can beat this. And it's cool to see that. I like to see Stamets not being an asshole. Like, yeah. I liked his assholeness, but I like seeing another side of him. But is now the right time to show that? Yeah, seriously. Like, it, it doesn't, it feels like Hugh's death had no effect on him whatsoever. Like, he, yeah. he, he like, these guys were, you know, extremely close. Like, yes, we lived together. Exactly. When you're and, dating and you live together, that's like that's that's almost as far as it goes. And it felt like he just had his like his sad goodbye dream thing last week, and then it's just like, well, that's uh, that's all out of my system. I think I'm fine now. Yeah, and he has actually one final goodbye with him, which is fine in and of itself. It's fine. I still, you know, it still sucks in terms of the show. Yeah, but you know, it wasn't a bad moment. It just. It does sort of undercut the idea that the, the producers are hinting that he's going to come back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because this was a very clear closing of that arc. It was yeah. a very clear, and that's the last, like, he gets closure and he moves on. Well, like, I... He's been awake for five minutes. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it, it definitely doesn't, it definitely doesn't feel like the producers were planning to have him come back. No. Uh, and in terms of planning to bring people back, so uh, uh, Evil Orca gets, uh, they basically have a hole in the floor. Uh-huh. Like like every standard evil castle. <laughs> Giorgio has a trap door like she's Mr. Burns. Yeah, but because their ship runs on like a sun or whatever, uh-huh. it basically dumps you into the sun. Yeah. Except it also has the mycelial network in there. And I'm pretty sure they set themselves a little backdoor loophole to bring him back because... You see him disintegrate, but he disintegrates into the magic mushroom land, which we've said over and over again is life and death and whatever. And yeah. I bet he's still alive in there. Yep. We don't need to bring him back. It's a real easy... Like, show us show us Prime Lorca. We've talked about that before. Yeah. No, I want to see Jason Isaacs again. Yeah. Like, I like that guy. I yeah. want to see more of him. But eh, they kind of ruined, like, what was left of him. They kind of, like... 
wisdom down their leg in this. This he, was a major point of contention for both of us. He go. I mean, I have talked and talked and talked about how much I hate the Lorca reveal, but yeah, the like specifically for this episode, dude goes full on supervillain once he realizes that he's uh, that he's uh, from the Mirror Universe. Oh yeah, like, once once they can do it they yeah. don't back like the first thing he does is launch into a racist tirade about yeah. how Giorgio is soft as emperor because she lets other races into the into the empire and mm-hmm. like oh boy and it just ugh like yeah. what happened to the nuanced interesting like flawed person we've been following all this time he just goes stri- like straight into cackling supervillain well, and, and especially sucks. since especially since he's Rebe- okay, first of all, I hate rebellion episodes. I'm so sick of that. Sure. But but that's a separate thing. He's rebelling against the Emperor, who is, you know, Space Hitler. Yep. Like, she's in charge of the worst, you know, just genocide empire. She's, and, a, she's a fucking monster who definitely yeah. shouldn't get saved by Michael at the end of the episode. But we'll, get uh, to we'll that talk about that. We'll talk about that. But but we've well established that Giorgio is, like, Quinn, like the, the full-on most evil person. Mm-hmm. Which, you know... Michelle Yeoh has fun with. We've talked about that before. But, okay. That said, the guy rebelling against her maybe shouldn't be so evil. There there you can keep some of your gray area. You can say, you know, I'm from this place, and maybe I think some murder is okay, and maybe, you know, I like war, but also maybe we should ease off on some of the genocide. Uh You know what I mean? Like, that would be a way to preserve some of that with him and say, he's the anti-Georgeau. He's still bad, but he's not bad in the -the over-the-top way she is. But they didn't do that. He no. wants to be more evil. He's so he's somehow worse. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. No, that could have been a great way to to preserve that. Yeah. And but just... no. And he even has a little speech when he talks to Saru, mm-hmm. where he's like, I did like you guys. I did respect you guys. And I made you a better crew. And like, that was all right. But it didn't really fit with the rest of the dumb shit they gave him. Well, no, because what, what, what I would love to have seen is, you know, a moment where he, like, you have this character who's all, like, you know, the, the bringing in other races and stuff. It yeah. would have been real nice to see to see him having served with the crew of Discovery for, like, what, a year? Like No, they said 200 and some days. All right. 212 days. I wrote it down. All right. Still, that's a chunk of time. You had a whole bunch of fun adventures. Yeah. You know, like it would have been nice for him to have seen, oh, no, like w- people working together, all bringing in all these different viewpoints and stuff. You actually can accomplish something. Also, it feeds nicely into what we've already established, which is Michael wanting to learn about the the resistance on their side because Klingons are working with Andorians mm-hmm. and, and Vulcans. And she's like, if these guys could learn that togetherness is a thing, maybe there's still hope. And yeah. like that could continue that theme where Lorca maybe then takes over and says, you know what? Some evil, we still got an empire, but now the empire includes Vulcans. And yeah. then we can explain why the fuck Spock is the first officer of the Enterprise in, in uh, Mirror Mirror, mm. which still really bugs me. Yeah. But, you know. As we I are now, it's like, who the, like, the fuck? Yeah, we're like 10 years away from that, and how? Did, how? I mean, they basically burned the Mirror Universe down on the way out. Like, the Emperor's yeah. gone. Yeah. La- uh, 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 Lorca's dead. Landry's dead. Fucking, they're all dead. Yep. Dave. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um. So my bad thing yes. is, I basically said this already. Is uh, the series? I when they did the time loop episode, it was my hope that they would take other Star Trek concepts and make them not suck. Mm-hmm. Say here's 
some tired old bullshit that you've seen a million times, but you know what? It's 15 years since the last series. These are all new writers who have seen all the Star Treks and know all the dumb, like, cliches and we're going to subvert them and we're going to do new fun things and turn them on their head and make something new out of it. And they did that with the time loop and I was so happy. Yeah, it was great. Thought they were going to do it with Mullity Rebels here. It was like, ugh. Okay, Lorca's Lorca's wearing a leather coat and he's fighting. Seriously, there were fires all over the place like the old trash can fires from of old. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it was exactly the same. It was shot better, but it felt like the same fucking Mullity Rebel episodes from Next Gen and DS9 and Voyager. And it was just like, come on, guys, you... You are aware of your own tropes. You can make this better. Why aren't you making this better? Yeah. And it was an extra disappointment. It was a disappointment to see again. It was extra disappointing because I know they know better. Yeah. Also, it really pissed me off to see Lorca, who was all about, like, you know, his followers and shit, just just throwing guys away. Yeah. Like. No, yeah. No, this character who we've, like, watched, like, fight for his people, like, the, the Discovery crew he fought for. Yeah, and just like he he pulls all his guys out of out of the agonizer booths and just like, all right, go over there and get shot a million times. Whatever. Yeah, now you're cannon fodder. Yeah. Yep. My loyal no. troops. Uh huh. No, it was terrible. Oh god, it's rough, man. There was there, it was completely irredeemable at that point, and that's to me lazy writing. Yeah. You, you can make a character that's bad and it's an antagonist and is working against our characters, and not just be a cartoon bad guy they can have good things about them yeah that's a big way television has evolved in the last 20 years is you can have horrible people who are kind of sympathetic and you can have antagonists who are a little you know a little sympathetic Mm -hmm. like it's it's possible yeah but nah or we could just you know take the easy way out and yeah just he's just evil because he's evil evil Uh uh-huh well, and Giorgio was the same way, but, yeah. you know, and and this kind of feeds into your bad thing. I, ah, oh, man, I hate how blind Michael is to Mir Giorgio and her many, many, many crimes. Like, oh, yeah. I get that she feels guilty about George, about her Giorgio, but the Emperor is a fucking monster responsible for the death of billions. Trillions. Oh, we watched her firebomb a, a planet just now. Like, like yeah, since we got here. worlds. She yeah. ate a dude last week with yeah. chopsticks, which somehow makes it worse. Yeah. Like, just leave like just her to die. Just because it's so casual. Leave her to die in the coup she fucking deserves to die in, Michael. Jesus Christ. Well, there is that moment, like I said in my summary, there's the moment where she seriously, and I don't remember the line off the top of my head, mm. but she says something kind. Literally, and it's just like, I'm proud of you or whatever. Yeah, it's it's one moment, and Michelle Yeoh plays it really well because yep. she drops the scowly you know, warrior woman act for uh-huh. just a moment. And in her face, she looks like the Giorgio we got to know yep. a little bit first. Like she, she, you know, she looks not happy, but not angry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, and I could see why Michael, like, I like this and I get why you're saying it's a bad thing. It is a bad mm-hmm. thing, but Michael makes bad decisions, man. That's yeah, her defining Michael, characteristic. Michael does make bad decisions. And this... I've said this over and over again. When it comes to the people she loves, she does not know what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. She will do really stupid shit when it comes to Sarek and when it comes to Giorgio. Yep. And this, it is such the wrong move to do. Yep. It is such a bad idea, but it makes total sense when she did it. When they're beaming, because the the way they leave it, I didn't make this completely clear in my summary. Um, Giorgio's about to be overrun by rebels. Yeah. This is it. She knows she's going to die. She's outnumbered. She's alone against 
10 of Lorca's guys or 20 or however many there are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's 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 sort of an old school Klingon thing. I'd rather die on my feet than run away. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my last stand. Uh, so, Michael, thank you for your help. I'm proud of you. Now I'm going to die. And Michael, all she hears is, I'm proud of you. And says, oh, my God, Mom. And before she beams away, she grabs her and, and takes her with her. Like, oh, Michael, what are you doing, man? You done it again. She's yep. such a she's such a good character. She's such a mess. That's why she's such a good character. I love it so much. Okay, I wasn't sure since you made it your bad thing. I wasn't sure if you. Oh no, it but, pissed me off. Yeah, but it pissed you off in a way where you're like the character. Ah, it's like when Walter White would do a shitty thing. Yeah, you'd be like, oh man, but no, that's right. But oh man, mm-hmm. <laughs> she really is like. Very similar to me in the mold of a Walter White or a Don Draper or a Tony Soprano. You know, like yeah. those, like she's not a full on anti hero like those guys. She's not a piece of shit, but she's a character at the center of the, the uh, series who makes a lot of very questionable decisions. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. No, her whole, her, she, they've done a very good job of doing a, uh, an actual redemption story with her. And I don't think yeah. it's done yet. No. I mean, not really spoiling any specific plot points, but there's a couple more beats to that arc before we finish. Mm-hmm. That's pretty obvious. And I also think we, it's something we could like easily take into season two with her character, depending uh, on how they want to do the show. I agree, but I also don't want the whole show to just be about that. No. Like, we'll see. I, there's some interesting ways they could take that, and I don't want her to just be fixed and to do one good thing in the in the season finale and dust her hands and say, well... Yeah, that makes up for that. Well, like, the la- no, the the last thing I want is for her to go back to being like a TNG character with no flaws or anything. You know, like on, yeah. But on the other hand, I don't want the entire season's plot to be driven by her bad decisions again. No, that's fine. Like have her make them occasionally, or have the, mm-hmm. her questioning them, or trying not to make them. I just the like, and for one season, it's fine to build everything on like all the bad things that happen are because Michael does something stupid. Mm-hmm. The whole show can't be that. One season is fine, but they need to do some other stuff. Well, in her defense, the first stupid thing she did was just tripping and falling on a guy with a sword. Yeah, but that wasn't the stupid thing. The stupid thing was everything that came after that. Yeah, that that was a lot of escalating stupid. That was a bad day for her. Yeah, it really was. Started bad, stayed that way. Yeah, it might be the worst day of her life. Uh-huh. Well, worst day so far. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? Listen, man, we got like five seasons on the CBS All Access trying to keep that fucking thing alive. She ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I don't know how many, like how, I, I hope the show goes for a while, but who mm-hmm. knows? Like, I don't know what their plan is. Yeah. And that, that makes planning our show a little difficult because not knowing when it comes back or how many episodes there's going to be, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's just something we, because they, they, um, they announced the release dates for those like mini episodes yep. this week. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to those. I will say, as a as a fan, as as someone who likes Star Trek, I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. I'd love to watch a 10 minute story about uh, Harry Mudd's further adventures or Saru's backstory or yeah. whatever. That's cool. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, I think it's a dumb idea. Lots of shows have tried this webisodes thing, and yeah, Battlestar you know, did it back in the day. Yeah, The Office did it. So many, and people, some people watched them, but mm-hmm. nobody thinks about them now. It always just to me seems like an extra that ends up on the DVD. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Maybe CBS All Access is going to market this differently. Yeah. But to me, it just feels like you're putting a lot of effort into a thing that. People might get excited about initially and then never see like, again. Yeah. Yeah. In the long term, everyone's going to forget about it. Yeah. Uh, that said, we will absolutely review them because after Discovery's over, we're kind of hungry for, for Star Trek content. Yep. 
Uh, we're not sure how we're going to do that ad if we'll do them as they air or maybe all at once. We're, mm. we're still talking about that, but but we will be talking about them because they are canon Star Trek things. Yeah. I just I think I think it's a weird move on their part, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. They also, in sort of a related thing, I'm sure you saw this, uh, showed a teaser for Jordan Peele's uh, Twilight Zone. Yes. Very cool. I'm glad. I was worried because they announced that a while ago. Like, after Get Out, they announced, like, five things he was involved with, and you know how that works. Like, the hot new director always is moving on to cool things, and three of them end up not happening. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's also, like, suddenly the the new non-white face of horror. Like, yeah. Look, he won an Oscar for his horror movie. Yep. Like... But, and it was a great movie. Oh, God, yeah, it was. Like, I mean, there's there's all sorts of reasons that should happen, and I'm glad it's mm-hmm. happening. I was just concerned for this project yeah. because, again, once someone gets a hit, they suddenly get to do whatever they want, and some of them get excited and announce a lot of stuff that never happens. Mm-hmm. And I was worried this would end up getting handed off to someone else or whatever, but he's actually hosting it. He's yeah. doing the Rod Serling thing, so... No, of, the, of, of, of all of the options he had, like, the two I'm most excited about is him continuing to make movies yeah. and him making The Twilight Zone. And I don't know if he's going to be directly involved in any of the writing. Like, I would love to see him do some, you know, because mm-hmm. a good anthology show is good, like, filmmakers making small films. Yeah. Give him, give him an opportunity to make an hour-long short, basically. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Like and uh, that's Mas- so good for like sci-fi and horror. Like oh yeah, that's... no Masters of Horror a few years ago. Oh, uh, had so many great directors doing yep. not quite feature-length stories, and a lot of them were pretty great. Mm-hmm. You know, like all anthologies it was a mixed bag. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, yeah, but I'm hoping because like uh, the Twilight Zone, you know, in its day had some of the best writers they had. Oh yeah, and the '80s revival managed to get a bunch of big relevant writers again, which mm. I actually really liked. And then they revived it in, like, 2000-something, and it wasn't very good because they didn't do that. Yeah. So, like, the, the secret is to get, you know, really high-profile, like, like novelists and screenwriters and stuff. Yeah. Hopefully that'll happen. That'll be good. All right. Uh, anything else about this? Uh, let me just check the old notes here. I will say this is a tiny spoiler, not really. Mm-hmm. Um. When we when we jump back to the prime universe and they, we've come forward in time as well as um, in space, um, I you know and the Klingons won the war. I I like my first thought was well they're going to go back in time and yeah fix of course that. like that's how Star Trek works. This isn't going to stay. And to their credit, again tiny spoiler, they stick with this plot. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but I'm going to say they don't they don't cheat out of this. No, they. Like, that makes me happy. They yeah. they b- drop themselves into a scenario and they didn't like jump out of the cockadoody car before it goes over the cliff. And I'm so glad about that. Cuz you know, you know that's how they they usually do. Oh yeah. Like, hey, we're in a universe where everything is horrible. Let's go back in time and fix it. Mm-hmm. It's No thanks. Yeah. Seen that a million times. No, you deal with you deal with the universe you're stuck with. Also, if this were my show to mm-hmm. write and I took over after Brian Fuller left, I would have dropped them forward in time uh, about 150 years after Voyager was over. <laughs> Done. Same Easy. characters, same ship, new setting. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. But, you know, hey, yeah. that's the show I want to make. Yeah. No, I think that's everything. Other than a note that they should have called uh, uh, Lorca's army Gabriel's Lore Commandos. <laughs> yep. Very good. Uh-huh. All right, uh, so in the past of the future, or I guess 
In the past of the alternate future. I forgot to put that, that in there. Uh, despite the existence of phasers, agony booths, portable agonizers, and an entire arsenal of nasty mirror tech, your rebel on the go will still go for a fucking sword. Hey, man, ain't nothing more cooler than a sword. Ugh. I said this on Twitter the other day. There are more swords in this show than there are in Game of Thrones, which has a chair made out of swords. <laughs> Fuck. My also, Lorca's sword in particular looks like the He-Man sword. Oh, like it totally the, does. That came with the He-Man toy that fit with the other half of Skeletor's sword to mm -hmm. open Castle Grayskull. And I very much wanted uh, Mirror Giorgio to have the other half. Yep. No, I was watching and I'm like, the only thing wrong with this sword fight is that only one person in it has a sword. Do you guys know how sword fights work? Yeah, he brought a sword to a gunfight. Uh-huh. Well, and, sure and Michael had that. like a bat. She had like a fucking baseball bat. Yeah. She doesn't know what a batleth is. She read the instructions wrong. Brought a bat instead. <laughs> Just stopped reading after the first part. Bring a bat. Got it. Michael, no. Uh, what do you got? Uh, in the past of the alternate future, Emperor Giorgio can kick literally anything. Anything. A dude's face, a thrown knife, a bullet, fucking the sun, anything. Well, Michelle Yeoh has a, uh, you know, long and storied career in uh, martial arts movies. She mm -hmm. was in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and uh, many other movies from China with which I am unfamiliar. Yep. Because they came out in China, and I'm not that big into that genre. But sure. I know Crouching Tiger because it released over here. Like she's she's a big martial arts guy. And actually, there's this great story about uh, Jason Isaacs being super excited to do a fight scene with her because <laughs> like that's like fucking, you know, I get to fight with Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, like mm -hmm. fucking, you know, like one of the big like uh, action guys of our time. And she had to pull all her punches. Apparently <laughs> she had to fight like she was fighting a baby just because <laughs> couldn't keep up, you know. Sorry, Jason Isaacs. I'm sure you're good at other things. He could probably do standard issue movie fighting, but this is, you know, a couple levels above that, man. Uh-huh. Uh, for my quote, uh, you had suggested that I use uh, Saru's uh, speech, mm -hmm. and I, I may have. Like, that. that's not a bad choice for yeah, it's sure. Good. It's, it's a good speech. It's a good stirring speech. Uh -huh. Actually, though, uh, again, not really spoiling anything specific. I believe there's a bigger, better one coming up from mm -hmm. him. So I kind of wanted to save it for that. But also, there was a funny one that, that caught me, which is uh, Lorca uh, just before he kills Mirror Stamets. The living core of the mycelial network. It's poetic justice, don't you think? Scientist destroyed by his own creation. Just kidding. I hate poetry. And I, I like any time someone says the cliche and then becomes aware of the cliche and, you know, makes yeah. a joke about it. So that made me laugh. Yep. All right, so that's all for this time. We are, as we have mentioned, 99.7% done with all of Star Trek. We have Fucking two more episodes to go. Yep, two episodes left in Discovery, and then, I don't know, whatever else, whatever comes next. Yeah, we're still trying to sort that out. It will definitely be something. This yeah. show's not going anywhere. No. Um, and uh, so because we're only a couple of weeks away, uh, we have a supplemental coming up. So if you want to write to us, it is postatomichorror at Gmail. Mm -hmm. We would love to hear... Anything you this have is a great to add? this is a great chance to talk to us about you know discovery your discovery yeah. thoughts yeah or Star Trek in general mm -hmm. I mean we're not going to remember the other shows at this point I'm certainly not you no. might but uh, you know we you definitely don't because I know a lot of people don't watch Discovery because they don't have CBS All Access yeah I get it I mean at least they're going to have 
two shows now. They're going to have Twilight Zone and Star Trek, and then they're going to have other Star Treks. Mm. Uh, but, I believe the you know. DVD is on the way, so that's yeah, a way I've, to watch I've heard that, actually. it, I guess. Yeah. No, and I mean, if that's the only other legal way to watch it, you absolutely should. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I understand some people may be excited to hear us talk about something that was made recently, but other people might not see the show because they don't want to sign up for the damn Streaming service, again. Stupid, it. stupid uh, streaming service, yeah. So if you want to write in and talk about something else, that's cool. Yeah. Don't expect us to remember fine details, but broadly speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, stick oh. to stick to, to big big shapes. That's yeah. uh, easier for us to remember. Yeah, I, I can remember, you know, I, I can I can grab that brownish area by its points, mm-hmm. but I don't know that it looks like Liza Minnelli. So. Yeah. Uh, I, and... Uh, Let's see, our website, postdemichorror.com. Uh, we are on Twitter, at Algar, at RobotMatt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tumblr, postdemichorror.tumblr.com. Uh, one final thing. A um, couple of weeks ago, you may remember, uh, Nate was on. Yes. And did a fun little riff about uh, 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 the wonderful thing about Tribbles. <laughs> uh, well, our friend Richard, uh-huh. uh, who has stepped up so many times. I think it's like his 15th song he's written for us. <sighs> this is insane. He's so good. He's- He's our official troubadour. I've uh-huh. said that before. Uh, stepped up and made the entire song uh, mm. that that Nate made a, a one-off joke about. And uh, as we leave you, we're gonna we're gonna play that here for you. So, yes, uh, Richard, if you could play us out. The wonderful stuff about tribbles is tribbles are wonderful stuff. Their tops are made out of fluff, and their bottoms are made out of fluff. They're fluffy, fuzzy, fluffy, fuzzy, fluffy, fuzzy fun. But the only thing about tribbles is you can't have only one. No, you can't have only one. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron, Algar Watt, and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.